Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I am your host, Raider Greg, and welcome to the show. And yes, it was another brutal loss, which leaves our Oakland Raiders at the best of the worst. Oh, and five. What can I say? <laughs> you gotta just laugh, Raider Nation. You just gotta laugh because you're doggone tired of crying. That's for doggone sure. And just a side note to the show, I want to just make a comment. Billy Bean, which is the general manager of the Oakland A's, just fired their coach, Ken Maka. He did absolutely nothing wrong. He called a great game. All his games are great called. It was just he got outplayed. But look at that. Look at the A's. They just fired a coach that took them to the championship. That would like, be going like the AFC championship game. Fired him. What does that say about our position right here? I don't know. Um, the correlation I'm trying to draw here is uh, Tom Walsh has got to be shown the door. If, if Amy Trask and Art Shell don't see that we got to dump this guy, then I don't know. Because he is going to bumble and bobble his way through the rest of the season and just take casualties left and right. Uh, Let me get into the show before I get too far into the show. Yeah. Yeah. About my city, Oak the city of Oak. Oak, oh, don't you know? Oak, do you know about my city? Oak, the city of Oak. Oak, oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. Today's show, a postmortem for the Broncos debacle. Sixteen penalties, a freaking debacle. Unacceptable, absolutely. We're also going to go over Calico Jack's silverandblackforever.com. He has a great, great take here on the game, and I have to read it. Um, Calico Jack, another excellent member of the Black Flag Network. Anyways, um, and then Nancy Gay of the San Francisco Chronicle has a great article on Blame the Loss on Jerry Porter. Um, It's pretty good. I like it. We'll go over the comments forum section. And that should do it. Well, this brother spit it to me on how to be a Mac G and not a wanna be. It wasn't about the body, just stacked up with the money you racked up. And when it came to standing your ground, you never backed up. Another day, another episode. When dudes got bored, another story, another story to be told. To the young bucks, the future hoodlums coming up. Showed on the ropes these days. They pay the stomping fools who running up. Keeping in mind, whenever they have to grind, keep an eye Congratulations is in order, of course, for Tom Steve of Michigan, USA. He's going to see the Cardinals October 22nd, next weekend, next Sunday, as we're talking about Raider Nation. Tom won the two tickets. He's coming with his dad, and we're going to whoop it up there because he might be coming to the only Raider victory so far this season. So we're going to pump it up, and we're going to show him the Raider Nation. We're going to get down. It's going to be fun, and no matter what, we got to be out there for our team. Not necessarily the offensive coordinator. Which, of course, is Tom from Brokeback, Idaho, Walsh. 
living in his own private Idaho. That's for damn sure. I'm telling you that right now, this cat is living in his own private Idaho because his play calling in this game was insanely poor, very unimaginative, very stale, very one-dimensional, and I can't even go into the rest of the descriptions. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. In this postmortem, it was horrifying to see us hang there like at an edge of a cliff on three fingernails for three quarters of football, always thinking that our team could make that touchdown. Walter showing spurts of brilliance, great passes, 58 yards to Moss. We had some great other passes in there. But on third and one, what do we do? First quarter of the game, pass the ball, long bomb to Randy Moss, who's double covered when we could have just as well got that first down. Thank you, you absolute moron, Tom Walsh. Oh, I'm a failure because I haven't got a brain. Well, what would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could think of things I never thought before. And then I'd sit and think some more. You have got to go. Your play calling is juvenile. And I know I'm not the only guy in the Raider Nation who feels this way. That's a fact. So let me tell you, I know if you're sitting there, I bet you're shaking your head. 90% of the 30 people listening right now. I, I just want the Raider Nation to know that this is not the team's fault. It's not totally the Raider, Raider team fault. Yes, there were a whole lot of mistakes. Absolutely. And I, <laughs> I, there is no excuse for 16 penalties. I don't even want to tell you what the yardage is. And the penalties came at the worst time. Three in a row. False starts. What are you going to do? How do you deal with that? How you deal with that? Tom Walsh runs the ball up the middle on third and 15. Of course. They'd never suspect you'll rut the ball. You know, when's the last time Lamont Jordan got a 15-yard run? Not going to happen. The percentages are absolutely astronomical from the pass to the run on a long game. You have to pass it. That's what they're waiting for. They're like out there. They're like sharks, the DBs, waiting for you to do it. But you got to do it. And he was doing it. Third and one. Pass the ball to Randy Moss. No Moss. You know, you saw the mistakes I did too, Raider Nation. It was so frustrating. But the worst part of it, it would have been better if it was a blowout. If it was like 35 to 2, 3 in the first quarter, you could just go, okay, well, I'm going to go have some lunch. I can't see it anymore. That makes it easier. We got punked. But no. We hung in there on our three bloody fingernails until the very last gasp. The fumble by Lamont Jordan, who incidentally was trying to stiff-arm the guy and make extra yardage, understand he was trying to make a play, but he just didn't do the thing he's supposed to do is protect the ball. Tuck it before you run it. And he didn't do it. And that's what happened. 
the penalties, I, I, I'm in shock. I'm sure you're in shock. Absolutely unacceptable. Play calling, unacceptable. Clock management, incredibly lacking. One minute and five, 1.5 minutes to call in two plays. That's two plays. It took one and a half minutes for two plays. When with five minutes left in the game and you need to score twice, a touchdown and a field goal, you think you have time to waste one minute, 1.5 minutes? I don't think so. I don't think anybody that's listening to this doggone podcast thinks so. That's bullshit, and that's Tom Walsh. I would dance and be merry. Life would be a ding-a-dairy if I only had a brain. I can't believe Amy Trask, Al Davis. I mean, is it because we're stuck with the guy? Is it like one of those government jobs where you're stuck with the guy? You get the guy and you're like, oh, this isn't the guy, but he's in. So you got to deal with the guy that's in. And he's not going out anywhere. So you're stuck with this guy for 30 years. Is that what we're dealing with here with Tom Walsh? Will nobody come to be offensive coordinator at the Oakland Raiders? Tom Walsh could have done some excellent jobs with the short pass, with a pass out of the backfield, the tight ends. Come on. Let's get those short. If it's not happening long, let's work them short. The long ball is saved for, you know, the long ball, it's possible, but you can't throw it. In situations where you need two yards or it's a fourth down and you have to punt. What the hell is that? Once again, Andrew Walter looked like a buffoon because he had no way to throw the ball short on those insanely. Now, the offensive line did a great job. The defense was killer. The defense was killer. Defense gets an A. Holding the Broncos to 13 points, just the fear of them throwing the ball. Shanahan knows our DBs are good, and they were good. You know, they're almost there, man. They're there to pick up. I'm telling you, our defensive backs next season are going to be insane. They're good now. They'll get better throughout the season. But our defense did well. The defensive line penetrated. That was beautiful. Beautiful defense. Special teams. You know, what can I say? They did a good job, too. Got the ball away. The offense, because I will tell you, man, there was a lot of mistakes, but damn, Tom Walsh play calling is it's time to come to a stop. How much more torture will you put this team through, Art Shell? Please, for all of our sakes, send that flapjack flipping guy back to run his little town and worry about street lights and sewage and not about the direction of a a team our team okay that's enough for me on the post game <laughs> Calico Jack, because, you know, Calico Jack, great job. And so I'm going to go over the game in his eyes because you've already heard it from mine. 
So here we go, an article by Calico Jack on our beating. <laughs> and it wasn't really a beating. So Calico's post-game observations. In a low-scoring game kept close by the Raiders' defense, the Raiders' offense sputtered its way to a mere three points. Offensive possessions were stalled by unscripted penalties, poorly designed first-down plays, and ineffective rushing attack. Key potential scoring drives came up empty due to costly turnovers. Three cheers for the defense. That's what I say. The defense played a solid game for four quarters, holding Denver to 13 points in their own house. The Raiders' edge in time of possession was 31.36 minutes to Denver's 28.24, which is good, I think, a first for this season. And the fact that the Broncos didn't start one possession inside Raiders' territory helped the D's game very, very much. Plummer only passed for 102 yards and no TDs, and Bell only had 83 yards on 23 carries, which is 3.9 yards average. That's killer for our run defense, finally solidifying up front. Bell's longest game for the evening, 10 yards. The D played the run very effective due to their disciplined gap control and improved tackling, which was really obvious in this game, including a 54-yard pass completion to Javon Marker. The Raiders' secondary did a nice overall job covering the Broncos' receivers. Kudos to the D for pitching a shutout in the second half. Yeah, you guys did. Plummer could not get the ball off because the Raiders' secondary, like I said, they were on fire, man. It was good to see. Careless and undisciplined football. The Raiders committed 13 penalties for 95 yards. Of the 13 penalties, nine were committed pre-snap. Eight false starts, one encroachment. Chad Slaughter <laughs> committed four false start penalties just by himself. <clears throat> okay. Why on the earth were the Raiders calling for so many outside running sweep plays? I don't know because they didn't happen. Lamont Jordan got run right out of town on those. He always lost charge on those because against the Broncos, it's a dumb, dumb play. He's not fast enough to get around the corner against the Broncos D, which is known for having the fastest set of linebackers in the entire league. Every one run play should have been more power running between the tackles, going north to south, not east to west, losing two or three yards at a time. Justin Fargus was just injured early in the game. That killed us, man. I got to tell you right now, Justin Fargus got a separated shoulder, and he is out. I don't know for how long, but probably quite some time. Ah, that's killing us. Most of the outside running plays by Jordan off tackle resulted in negative yardage, which created two, which created second and long situations many times in the game. Drive killers, two turnovers. The Raiders committed in the game were both drives inside Denver territory, so we were on our way to score. And we got snuffed out by two turnovers. One was an interception of Walter's pass, which was thrown poorly, by the way, and um, Lamont Jordan's fumble. He goes over and describes both of those, which was brutal. Oh, brutal. With 3.54 minutes left in the second quarter, the Raiders had the ball second and 10 at the Denver 28-yard line. 
Andrew Walter threw a deep out to Moss, and it looked like Walter was throwing right on the spot that Champ Bailey came and nestled into because he got the ball just like it was his route. Bailey's interception was on the two-yard line. Instead of going into the halftime down 13-6 or 13-10, the Raiders were down 13-3. When her team gets inside the opponent's 30-yard line, it is imperative that you come away with something. you got to come away with a field goal. It's better to come away with a touchdown, of course, but at least something. you got to come up with some points, and we got none. Janikowski missed his field goal, but it was 54 yards in Denver. And, um, well, that's that's the way the game went. Turnover number two with four minutes and 35 seconds left in the fourth quarter, which was the crucial drive. The Raiders had the ball second and eight on the 27-yard line of Denver. Walter threw a short swing pass out to Jordan, who turned it upfield. Jordan fumbled the ball when hit by Bronco defender. This was inexcusable fumble by Jordan since he saw the defender approaching and had time to tuck the ball away. And he didn't. And he fumbled. And that's what happened. Walter's performance. He had a 51-yard bomb that hooked up with Moss in the second corner. Overall, he was okay. 13 for 26, 189 yards. That's nothing to write home about. But the one interception killed us. But I think the deck was stacked against him because of the numerous offensive penalties and ineffective running game that we had. Jordan, 23 carries for just 60 yards. Huh. His biggest mistake in the game was forcing the pass off to Moss that was picked off by Bailey. The dubious distinction, the Raiders are the only winless team in the NFL today. Ugh. Uh, here's a note. The Arizona Cardinals are at the Oakland Raiders next week, the 22nd of October. Tom Steen will be there with his dad. We'll have a good time. John Madden will receive his Hall of Fame ring at this game. A big game against the Raiders. A big game uh, against the Raiders by the Cardinals' QB liner will be a bad thing, and it would pour salt on the wounds. But I tell you this. We must come away victorious against the Cardinals, man. Matt Leinart or not. I feel it. A victory is on the way. We have to have it. We have to. Anyways, thanks, Calico Jack. That was awesome. 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 Okay, let's go to this story by Nancy Gay about Porter. Jerry Porter. And the story is, go ahead, blame Porter. Blame the loss for Porter on Porter. The Raiders make their mistakes every week and continue to lose games, yet they have no concrete explanation for how this season could deteriorate to an 0-5. But they tried to create one over the weekend, of course, pinpointing and scapegoating by suspending unhappy wide receiver Jerry Porter for four games. Now, this is what Nancy Gay says. Um, but I don't hear anybody, Nancy, saying anything about Porter being the problem. I don't hear anybody today um, going over why this was why we lost the game. But this is the take she takes on it. I don't see it that way unless somebody else does because I don't see Porter getting blamed on this loss. Shit, it's blatantly obvious who lost this game. You know, 13 penalties, please. Anyway, she talks about they tried to create one over 
of course, pinpointing and scapegoating of unhappy wide receiver Jerry Porter. He hasn't played it down all year, and his insubordinate attitude and disruptive behavior has been a problem for the Raiders. Jerry Porter might be a misunderstood guy, but let me tell you this, Nancy Gabe, Jerry Porter is a spoiled brat. And I'm just going over this article, and I'm not agreeing with you. That's why I thought I'd share with the Raider Nation. Now, she says he hasn't played it down all year, and it's, he's you know been insubordinate and everything else. But Porter might be among the Raiders' myriad of issues on the team, but a guy who mouths off to the head coach because he's been inactive a long time, and he's not going to get his money because it's all incentive-based – i.e. a million dollars a year, and the rest of it is all incentives. He could make $4 million if he could make some catches, but they're not letting him because they're not letting him play because of his bad attitude. It's a vicious circle. But she points out a thing here that Porter did not miss field goals. He didn't miss any blocks. He didn't commit eight false start penalties. Um... He didn't slam an appointment to the ground to cause a personal foul, and he didn't do anything on the team to cause these crazy losses because our team is so, so, I don't know, dysfunctional. It's not his fault, she's saying. And she's also saying in the case of Randy Moss, allowing a Pro Bowl cornerback, Champ Bailey, to beat you on your own route, um, she says that that's a bad thing, too. I have to agree with her on that because Randy Moss is not running a complete route and he got punked by Champ Bailey. All that happened on Sunday night in Denver was surprisingly taut. 13-3 Broncos victory didn't do much for the Raiders' bottom line but might have made them walk a little taller this morning because they played relatively well. And anyways, it goes on and on to describe the game as I just did in my last little tirade about the Raiders' loss to the Broncos. So, you know, I'm not going to blame Randy Moss or Jerry Porter, but like I said in my last podcast, it sure would be nice. It would be really nice if they traded both these guys at the same time and got some quality draft picks for this next season. Why not? We're 0-5. Let's make a move now Get rid of both these guys, especially Moss, man. He's not playing that kind of game. He's not playing that game for us. We're not giving him that game. Let's not have that. We can go out there and get some players to help on the offensive line, to help on the defensive line, and we could be brutal next season. We got a good quarterback. We have some good wide receivers now. If they play the guys, it would be a miracle to see Johnny Miranda on there. I'd like to see him out there. What about Curry? Let's let Curry play. So, anyway, I'm just saying that because that's how I feel about this particular game. And I don't think it was because Porter got punked or, you know, I don't feel sorry for Porter at all. I'm not going to say it was his fault that we lost the game because it wasn't. We play like crap. Okay, let's see now. Now off to the Raider Nation Podcast Forum.
show is going to be a long one, but you got to do them. Mike Lowry, Raider 18 PSL, he says, what's up? He saw my website, and if you saw my website, there's a picture of Shanahan and Charles Manson. And if you look at the pictures, it looks like they're brothers or they're the same guy. <laughs> it is uncanny how that picture looks exactly like Doug on. They look like brothers. So he's commenting, was Mike Shanahan in a witness protection program before? Or is that his twin brother? Because it looks just like him. That's funny. I'm glad you appreciate the humor in that. We love that photo here at the Raider Nation Podcast. That came from Raider Sean of the Raider Take. That was uh, on one of his blogs. We had to rip that from him because it's funny. Anyway, New York Raider Tommy comes in. Nice. I was just reading some Bay Area newspaper um, and checked out the end of it. He's talking about the bad blood between Shanahan and Davis and Shell and the whole thing. I went over the last podcast about uh, Shell taking over when Shanahan got punked and got kicked out of Oakland a month into the season and how it's going to be a you know big game. And, well, you saw what happened. Mayak, Raider fan from across the pond. Here's a guy coming in from the U.K., baby. Okay, let's see. An apology to Mr. Davis and the Raider Nation. I am humbled, Raider Greg, as always, by your wise words that have brought balance to my world of silver and black turmoil. Your considered response to my post about Mr. Davis made me realize that I was wrong. The UK coverage talks about commitment to excrement and the Razor not even being able to establish themselves as a laughing stock, which is true. And it's frustrating for you. I'm sure it is. And he says it here, too. But I bet you get it much worse because you live over there. You bet your ass we get it much worse. Mine is a cup that is always half empty, whereas yours is a cup that seems to be half full. You are an inspiration. If you only win one game all year, then I pray that it happens a mile high. <laughs> this is before the game. But if I sit listening to the radio broadcast until 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, my emptying cup sees the dregs of another Raider collapse, then I shall just have to hope that the contents of my glass was bourbon. Well, I'm sure it was bourbon after that last bourbon game we played. The debacle up in Mile High. Um, let's see. Daniel Chino comes in. Week of upsets. So he talks about, as for the 0-4 season teams, they all won. That's just two. Two of three played so far. And so he's hoping that the Raiders can get this done. And, of course, they didn't. So sorry about that, Daniel. I was with you all the way. I thought we could win, man. It sure looked like it. Raider 1138. Good grief. Great job, Tom Walsh. Seven to 12-yard passes seem to be open. So let's not call any when we need to play in the second half. When are we going to fire this guy, he says. Also, the backup lineman not practice? What happened? I understand it's Denver, and I understand that you're planning on playing the whole game. So I'll give you two false starts, Chad. What about the other $63 million you had? Yeah, that's brutal. Here comes my post because I was flipped out. 0-5, the only team in the NFL with an O. Boy, what new lows can we possibly get to? Third and one, long pass to Moss, no Moss. Third and 15, Jordan runs up the middle. What the hell? 13 penalties. How far has this team lost control? Tom Walsh has to go. 
Not one medium pass, not one slam pass in the second half. What a total loss and waste of time for our team. It's official. The Raiders are the worst team in the NFL. Hard to find for a positive except for the first draft in next year's draft. And Al's, you know, going to have to make some decisions here. I hope soon. We lost three guys. That's true. Raider Dave comes in. We lost three guys. Oh, boy, we just lost Walker. Yep. Fargus. Yep. And Williams. Boy, go figure. Fargus and Sam Williams are both hurt. Boy, I never would have guessed. Both these guys are walking, you know, HMO cases. They'd be charged for fraud if it wasn't the NFL. I don't mean that. I know they get hurt. People get hurt. It's a tough game. That's pretty harsh. But I'll tell you, those guys have been hurt an awful lot. And as far as the team goes, it's business. you got to take care of business. Um, Justin, man, I can't believe you're hurt. Uh, I had my money on you, man. This season you were looking really good. I was hoping you could make it happen. Bummer. And Sam Williams, whatever. But after all that, the offense still can't get it together. The penalties killed the Raiders in this game. No kidding. Walker is a rookie, and he plays like he's a rookie, and he'll make his mistakes, and he did this game. But... Man, flashes of greatness. It's growing pains for Walter and the offense. That's true, man. I think he looks pretty good myself. He has a nice arm and a beautiful touch in the ball. He's not afraid to get hit. I like the kid. I think we got to give this guy a chance. We got to give him a team. We got to build a team around this kid. That's the way you do it these days. That's the way it's got to get done, Tom. Anyways, the line protection is getting better, but it's still not great. It was good in this game. I tell you, they had a chance. They had chances. They had chances. They needed plays. They needed an offensive coordinator to give them some imaginative plays, something that they could go out there and fool the other team, perhaps, and make first downs. You stupid idiot, Tom. Sorry, I'm on a doggone tirade. There are players who want to win, but it seems that play calling is still subpar. Yeah, don't you think? Maybe it's going to take this season. Really, the Raiders are just... The new Raiders with the new players, the new Raiders, new staff, and all that other stuff. Well, I have no hope really in this coaching staff on the offense. I don't know. Maybe they they need to clean house. That's what I think. I think Shell doesn't want to do that. But remember Gruden's first year, he did some house cleaning. That's for sure with players and staff. So maybe that's what's needed for sure with Tom Walsh. Raider Nation, don't get down to lose faith, baby. That's what he says. Um. We've seen this before. That's tough, man, because it hasn't been. It's been the worst in history of the Raiders. But we'll come back with a vengeance. Silver and black forever. That's what I say, man. It'll happen. Central Coast Raider fan calls in. Raider Ben. Ooh. He's pissed off, and he has some F-bombs in here about every third word. So I can't say the whole thing, but I'll say screw instead. Okay, how's that? I got to say that. Screw Moss. Can't even catch a... Mother screwing ball for all those millions he's getting. What the screw. <laughs> and what the screws up with Porter also. Screw Tom Walsh and that potato sack Walsh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't go on because it's just too funny. Uh, he's apologizes for his language, but he's flipped out. Like I get too, you know. So I feel you, man. You got to laugh, man. We're on five. What are you going to do? Like I said, can't cry no more. I got no more tears left. Okay, here we go. Mayek again from across the pond comes in. 
the future is not bright. The future is silver and black. We we play Mexico's teams next week, he says. Surely it will, it will be a win. I don't know. Arizona looks pretty good. Arizona will lose on Monday night to the Bears for sure. Don't be for sure, sure about that because I don't know. Probably, but you never know. And when the silver and black get a win, both teams will be one and five, but we'll have beaten the cards and they'll be the worst team in football. Oh, yeah, baby. Just win the rest of our games. And hello, playoffs. My cup runneth over. Hiccup. Yeah, you got to be drunk, brother. I'm telling you right now because you must have seen that game. Tim Clark. What's with the penalties? We could have won this game if we weren't for the penalties. I don't care about what anybody says. I'm a Raider fan to the end. Let us kick them now. We are down because I intend to return the favor when we're back on top of the NFL. Go Raiders. Yeah, I agree, man. Raider 46, some levity. What's the definition of an optimistic Raider fan? Someone who looks at 0-5 and says, we've got a chance to zip off 11 wins in a row and hit the playoffs. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Very good. Okay, Raider Nation, I'm telling you, I want to remind you all to please check out the Raider Nation video cast. Randy's been working really hard on it. There's some great video in there. Check it out. You see the players like you never have before. They're checking it out. They're at the games. They're going in the gate. They're in their cash outfits, and they're acting just like themselves. It's very cool. Randy's got some great footage. Please check it out. As for always and forever, I am Raider Greg, who is pissed off, flipped out, disappointed, and once again going through the phases of grief. And I think this phase is the laughter phase. I think this is the phase we go into, Raider Nation, that you must laugh about the season. You must be jovial about life. You must think about how not important it really is. How things, other things are more important in life. The kids you have, the football games you go to your son and watch him play, your daughter's playing soccer or basketball, those are the important things. Those are the things we must fill our life with at this point because the Raiders are looking for the first draft in 07, and hopefully we can muster up some wins here at the end of the season uh, because the Raider Nation needs it. I say it again, the Raider Nation needs it. I will see you out there, all of you on Sunday. Be there, Raider Nation. I'm Raider Craig and I am 